Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Wednesday, everyone. Now, you've heard me say this day after day, but let me say it one more time. The women of Advent are the ladies whose names are listed in the genealogy of Christ, and they correspond to the candles lit at the time of Advent. Each one of them seemed an unlikely candidate to be in this lineage. But God's grace and redemption saw past their faults and their needs and brought them to a place of honor. And we have studied Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and presently we're looking at Bathsheba. Bathsheba represents the need for peace. Everything about this story speaks to the uncomfortable position that Bathsheba has been put in. She was called to the palace by King David and to some degree was forced to have relationship with him, even though she loved her husband, who was away at war. She suffered abuse by someone who was in authority over her. And if this is not bad enough, she finds herself pregnant and subject to the condemnation and perhaps the death penalty that would come upon her when her pregnancy becomes public. We talked about David trying to cover his sin by calling Uriah home, and when that didn't work, he gives orders that Uriah would be killed in battle. And so it happens, and and Bathsheba goes through the mourning for her husband, and then through a marriage to David, and she's with child. Can you imagine what's happening inside of her? The turmoil and the lack of peace? She desperately needs peace in her life. And especially when God judges the situation and tells David that the child she is bearing is going to die. And so it was. It came to pass just as God said. Bathsheba lives through all of this. And I think through it all, she's crying out to God saying, God, is there any peace that can come to me through this? As we said yesterday, we don't know Bathsheba's state of mind through all this. The narrative is told from the perspective of David and how it's affecting him. But Bathsheba is right there in the center of it. She's David's wife, and she's going to have to live through whatever consequences falls upon David. She seems to be a victim in all of this in that God does not deal with her directly as saying that she was in sin. She seemed to be the victim in this, It wasn't her actions that brought this all about. Seemingly, all of this was done towards her. The prophet Nathan told David that the sword was never going to depart from his house because of what he had done. And because he had tried to cover up his sin and do this secretly, that God was going to allow all these aspects of his sin to come out in his family. David didn't realize it. But his sins were like seeds he was planting in his family. And they were going to grow and bring a devastating harvest. David had lust towards Bathsheba. And David's own son Amnon had lust towards his half-sister Tamar. 
and he concocts this plan to bring her to his house. And there he forces her and rapes her. Now David's other son Absalom is Tamar's brother. And he becomes very angry at this. And he comes up with a plan to deceive Amnon and have him killed. You see, all the things that David had done in secret now is coming out in David's sons. Absalom is exiled, but then later is brought back. And he steals the heart of the people and becomes disloyal and rebels against David. And David has to flee Jerusalem for his life. You see, the disloyalty that David had towards Uriah comes out in his own son Absalom and it falls back on his own head. And then Absalom goes in and sleeps with David's concubines. And at whose advice? Ahithophel's, the grandfather of Bathsheba. Apparently, he's held this offense that David did against his granddaughter all these years. And just as Nathan said, what you have done privately, I am going to do publicly in the sight of all Israel, and your wives are going to be taken from you. You see the devastating effects of sin? Every time we sin, we're planting a seed that's going to bring a more terrible harvest than what we could ever imagine. This is where David found himself. And Bathsheba is right in the middle of this. She's feeling every hurt in the impact of their actions as time goes on. Is there any hope in this kind of situation? Well, yes, there is. David constantly looked to the Lord for grace. Of all the Old Testament characters, David came the closest to understanding the grace and the forgiveness of the Lord. Even when Bathsheba's first child was sick, he was fasting and praying. But then when the news came that the son had died, David gets up, washes himself, anoints himself, and it says that he went and worshipped the Lord. And all of his servants said, We don't understand this. While the child was sick, you were fasting and praying. But now that he's died, you wash and anoint yourself. And David said, I was praying and fasting to the Lord. For who knows, but that the Lord might have been gracious towards me and that the child could have lived. But now that the child has died, I cannot bring him back. And he worships the Lord in that negative situation. Bathsheba is going through all of these things with them. Even though the story doesn't highlight her, you have to feel her agony and her pain in the death of this first son. But then the scripture says that David went into her and comforted her and she conceived and she brought forth a son and they called his name Solomon. And Solomon was in the lineage of Christ. God allowed the birth of this second son to be in the lineage of Christ to show us that God's grace is sufficient. There's so many types and analogies here that we can't go into them all, but just one to point out here quickly is that our first life, the life of sin, has to die. The wages of sin is death, but that we can be born again, and that which is born in us is Christ. And just as the second birth that came to Bathsheba was Solomon and was in the lineage of Christ, so our second birth, the birth of Christ within us, puts us in God's family. 
as the scripture says, by one spirit we're all baptized into one body. We find peace with God through Jesus Christ. And somehow in this birth of Solomon, Bathsheba finds peace. Now, how do we know that? As I was looking through the scriptures here and wondering if there is a connection and if we could see that Bathsheba finally found peace, I was surprised to discover that the meaning of the word Solomon is peaceful. This second child that was born to Bathsheba brought her peace. I think this is remarkable. It speaks to us that regardless of our sin, whether we're like David who was the perpetrator of the sin and had hardened and calloused his heart through that whole time, we can be like him and find mercy and forgiveness and experience peace. Or we may be like Bathsheba who is the victim who the sin has been perpetrated towards and experience all the hurt and the pain that that sin brought to her. We can be healed and find peace like she did. This should speak to all of us today, whether we're the sinner or whether we're the one that has been abused by the sin. God says there is a place of peace and that place of peace is the second birth the place where Christ is born within us. He will forgive us all of our sins. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we have suffered the consequences of sin, like Bathsheba, he promises to work all things together for good. And he takes that which was meant for evil towards us and he turns it for good. You do not need to be a perpetual victim. You can be healed. He heals the brokenhearted. He wipes the tears away from our eyes. You can find a place of peace regardless of what you have suffered in the past. Bathsheba found peace. Her life changed. She became an instrument of righteousness. Now, how do we know that? We know it because of Solomon's writings. He wrote about his mother. And in the Song of Solomon, in chapter 8 and verse 2, he says, I would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother, she who used to instruct me. Well, what did she instruct him? Well, in Proverbs 4 and verse 3, Solomon writes, When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, for she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Solomon said, My father and mother taught me, and they taught me the value of wisdom. And isn't it interesting, when God asked Solomon what he wanted, Solomon asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom rather than long life, rather than riches. And God said, because you asked for wisdom, I will give you long life and I'll give you riches as well. Also in Proverbs 1 and verse 8, Solomon said, My son, hear the instruction of your father. Do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. 
Solomon attributed his respect for God and his wisdom as coming from his mother and father. And then finally, in Song of Solomon 3 and verse 11, it says, Go forth, O daughters of Zion, and see King Solomon with the crown, with which his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding, the day of the gladness of his heart. Solomon attributed his rise to be king to his mother. And so even though Bathsheba suffered the abuse of sin, God redeemed it. She found peace and she was an instrument of peace to others. Think of these ladies of Advent and let them be an encouragement to you. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.